With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Big Blue Insider is on. News Radio 630 WLAP and the iHeartRadio app. To interact with the show, call us at 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. Or you can tweet us at BigBlueInsider1. Now, here's Dick Gabriel. Welcome to the Big Blue Insider on what is feeling more and more like college football season, which it is. It is here on top of us, and we are ready to talk football with you again tonight. Also, a little bit of basketball, some baseball. We got it all for you here at 280-2287-800-606-4263. Or you can tweet us at BigBlueInsider1. And we need to get you caught up uh, quickly on baseball because if you're a Reds fan and you were so excited going into the playoffs because your pitching was so darn good. And today it was outstanding. The pitchers did just about everything they could, but the offense fell apart. And the Reds lose one nothing in 13 innings. Their, their pitchers threw 12 shutout innings. But the Braves pitchers threw 13 shutout innings, and the Reds had the bases loaded in both the 12th and the 13th. And I know both of you guys have been watching baseball off and on. Aaron, I suspect you more more on than off today watching baseball. By the way, when do you go to class uh, when there's baseball playoffs on? Well, luckily, I guess that's one perk of this COVID world, right? Because on Mondays and Wednesdays, uh, my only class is at 2 in the afternoon, and it's via Zoom. So I'm home anyway with the uh, TV in the background, so uh, I, I haven't really missed much of the action today. But uh, yeah, the Reds game was definitely the one I was locked into. Uh, I, it was, I mean, I understand uh, the casual baseball fans; it might not have been the game for them. Uh, but the, I mean, the Reds had a chance to score in the first inning. Remember, they had second yeah. and third, and no out in the first, oh. and that, that would have put the game away before it really even started. And they couldn't cash in. That was the story of the day. You mentioned all the pitching numbers, but the Reds also had 11 hits. Uh, you just can't lose that game. And then, you know, Joey Votto makes a clown comment after the game saying, I look forward to moving on to the next round. I mean, dude, you guys had 12, <laughs> 13 innings against a Braves team that is not a great pitching staff when you look at the numbers. Their starter is very good today, but their bullpen's among the worst. And they just couldn't do anything. So, uh, really, really rough day for Cincinnati. You have to credit the Braves pitchers, as I said. Oh, but I'll tell you what, at any level, you get a runner in third and nobody out. I don't care what level of baseball you're playing. You got to get them home. Uh, you know, second and third, nobody out. I'll settle for one run. But man, it just oh, and then like I said, bases loaded late. So, uh, so the Reds are down 0-1. The Ray Billy's Rays uh, had already taken a one nothing lead on the Blue Jays. Last I saw, Billy, they were up eight to one. Have you got a an update on that? I, I can find one. I had not watched their game, but I did tune into the Reds game in the bottom of the ninth. So oh. I still got maybe an oh. hour's worth of baseball in yeah. there, but yeah. uh, there was plenty of base running errors and uh, mistakes. A Rod was basically screaming at the TV for the Reds to bunt, and they never did. <laughs> uh, it was uh, it was fun to watch still. Eight 
two Tampa Bay, by the way. Top okay. Uh, I've, I've told you guys I'm on a group text with Keith Madison and, and Darren Hedrick. We talk a lot of baseball. And I did not catch the early stages of the Reds game. And they were screaming via their text messages about the bunning and the base running and, you know, how big league guys just can't make oh. these plays. So, uh, yeah, it was not a thing of beauty today. If you look at that game, you know, oh, pitcher's duel. No, it was a game of missed opportunities. Yeah. So, But the Reds are still alive. Uh, the Marlins beat the Cubs 5-1. to one to take a one nothing lead in that one. Did Oakland close out, I assume, the White Sox? I know they were up 5-2 uh, late. Literally, right now, could be the last pitch of the game. Uh, it's ball four. The White Sox have the bases loaded down three oh. with two in the, bottom, in the top of the ninth. So they may do something with that. That's interesting. Your Yankees take on the Indians tonight, leading one game to nothing, and uh, the Dodgers-Brewers get underway later on tonight. That's a 10-08 first pitch. And uh, one of our guests tonight is a big Dodgers fan. That would be Mark Story of the Herald-Leader. We're going to talk to him about the column he wrote. And I suspect many of you are so frustrated now with replay that you'll agree with him. Mark is basically advocating, if not doing away with replay, then severely limiting the use of it. And I've already heard a lot of people, even maybe the people who hadn't even read Mark's column yet, have said as much. But it's interesting, and this is part of the great debate. When there was no replay, no matter what the call, no matter what the situation, no matter what the stage of a game, people would say, and many, many people would say, it's ridiculous. We have instant replay available. Why don't we use it? And then one sport would use it. Why don't all the sports have it and things like that? So um, it's, you know, but as Mark makes a good point, and all of you who are listening to us, I would imagine, saw the blown replay situation with uh, Rodriguez and the touchdown. And, and, again, I say that without having seen all the angles that they were trying to see from up in the booth, but it looked from where I stood literally 80 yards away. It looked obvious to me, so uh, we'll leave it at that. Oh, one more score. The Astros have closed out the Twins by uh, winning today 3-1, to one, so they're still alive in the playoffs. Uh, what's the opposite of America's team? Because that's what the Astros are because of their cheating. So, anyhow. But can I give you a crazy stat? Sure. Minnesota, the Twins, have not won a playoff game in 18 yeah. of their last. And they, that dates back to 2004. How about that? I mean, and they were the I mean, they. I think they had the best home record in baseball going to this series, where Houston had the worst road record in baseball, and Houston still sweeps them. Yep. Twins have lost 18 consecutive postseason games. That is a recipe for fan disaster. Uh, A couple of headlines for you. UK now moves to mobile ticketing for the entire season. UK fully transitioning to mobile ticketing for all UK home games. Uh, Enhancing, it says, convenience and safety for all fans. Safeguarding against the danger of counterfeit tickets. So if you used to get your tickets mailed to you, you used to get those books mailed if you're a season ticket holder, not going to happen. The discontinuation of print-at-home tickets again in place this season. Fans will get their tickets via mobile delivery. So if you're not good with your mobile device, hand it to your kid or your husband or your wife, whoever is good at that because that's how you're getting your tickets. And uh, you're going to get your parking passes via mobile delivery uh some of you of course aren't going to like that but that's where we are right now and not that you really care about this but i will tell you and aaron and i bumped into each other yesterday 
metaphorically, not literally. Uh, we were socially distant. Um, over at UK yesterday, picking up parking passes and for media. Um, and I know that chaps some of you, but yeah, we do because of the job. We get we get free parking, but we will be parking in the garage that is over by what used to be the tennis center over there by the baseball field, uh, that area in there. And the reason is because we will be tested before every game. We will be, I assume they'll take our temperature and we'll have to fill out a form. You know, the, the questionnaire they always give you. I don't know, Aaron, that we're going to have to submit to the nasal swabs. I doubt it. But uh, we at least will be, uh, you know, like I said, filling out the questionnaire and, and having our temperature taken and things like that. But they've got to do it. You know, there's no way around it. We used to park in the orange lot, which, as many of you know, is the huge lot that faces Nicholasville Road, and that's the tailgate lot. So we would meet a lot of the tailgaters while we were looking for a place to park and then walking all the way to uh, the media gate. And uh, it's, it's kind of cool because you get to check out everybody's tailgate setup and get a whiff of the barbecue. It makes you hungry, Aaron, doesn't it, walking in, but now different setup. Yeah, and, you know, one thing I'll say I won't miss, uh, even even if it was a normal COVID year, is the elevators after the game where you can't even get into them yeah. because all of it is rushing down there. Uh, I, I think that's the one perk of it all because, yeah, I, I love walking through those tailgates and just getting the atmosphere. I love even just bumping into the fans who are coming in from out of town supporting the other team just to see them, you know, experience a game day here. So definitely going to miss all that. But, uh yeah, they got to do it. When you said testing, I was like, oh, my God, we're getting the swab before the game. That's pretty interesting. I wonder how that's going to work with rapid winter-wise. But, uh, yeah, no, they got to do it. And uh, just just thankful to be in the building. I wasn't sure it was going to happen this year. Yeah, yeah, and we're not sure what's going on with basketball. Uh, Billy has covered a lot of basketball games so far for us and, and, you know, gone to Rupp Arena to witness and to be able to come in. And, you know, Billy, I'm not sure how many of us will even get into Rupp Arena this year. Yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, Aaron's right about that elevator. I mean, it is cram-packed, <laughs> at least in Rupp Arena when you're trying to go down to interview those guys. And uh, I'll see you guys there. I got a credential as well somehow. So, yeah. Well, that's good. Knock my yeah. way in. Uh, one other note uh, from the U.K. campus. U.K.'s volleyball team is ranked third in the inaugural top 15 rankings released by the Coaches Association today. Only teams from four conferences are playing volleyball in the fall, so – yeah, this is uh, the best preseason ranking they will have had. But, again, the SEC, the Big 12, the ACC, and the Sun Belt are the only leagues playing right now. And, of course, in the Pac-12, they are still not playing anything right now. So, um, you know, and, and the Pac-12 is, is awfully, awfully good at volleyball, as we know. Speaking of COVID, by the way, uh, it was interesting when the story came out the other day about the NFL fining coaches for not wearing I guess it was last week wasn't it and I think if memory serves wasn't it Monday Night Football was Saint last week was Saints and the Raiders right Raiders yes so Gruden. while that story's circulating I'm watching Monday Night Football and there's Gruden wearing his mask like an ascot and I'm thinking hasn't anybody told this guy that fines are going out, and now they're talking about suspending people for ignoring the mask protocol. And, you know, and I know it's difficult when you're talking and talking and talking to keep that mask up, but some people, including, it didn't look like Gruden 
was even trying. So there, there's going to be, I think, quite a ripple from this, Billy. And I think that uh, trying to keep Gruden in line, good luck with that. Yeah, there was already millions of dollars in fines in week one, so they're adamant about it. And, uh, you know, now with the, the cancellation of the Titans-Steelers game being moved back to either yeah. Monday or Tuesday uh, instead of Sunday at 1 o'clock, they're, I'm sure they're going to even be more stingy about it. And I imagine some of these coaching staffs, I'm not saying if they're not taking it seriously now, but if they've already seen a team with an outbreak, maybe it you know alerts everybody to a different level than it was before. And, Aaron, they're going to hit them where it hurts if they have to. They've talked – the NFL has talked about forcing teams to forfeit draft picks if they fail to comply with union protocols. That's huge. Huge. Yeah, especially in the NFL. Uh but my problem is it is if we're not seeing them wear them properly on game day, what's going on behind the closed doors in the facilities uh, that we're not seeing? Um, that's the more concerning part for me, even because they're all around each other all day, every day. So uh, the I think the Titans uh, outbreak should be a wake up call. But thankfully, like Billy said, it's, we should only from a football perspective, see them delayed a day or two, but uh yeah, they got to take every precaution possible. I mean, this season has been, I think for a lot of people, it's been so nice just to have a normal Sunday. At least that's been the one normal part about this year, uh, this fall. Every Sunday yeah. kind of felt like an every other NFL Sunday, like years past. So they got to keep it going. When we come back, NBA playoffs are about to resume the championship round, Lakers heat. And if you're a UK fan, well, you're probably torn a little bit. But we can tell you that because of his meteoric rise as an NBA star, Tyler Hero's presence on social media is soaring. We'll tell you about that when we come back. Bottom of the hour, Mark Story. Hour number two, John Lewis from WDRB. He's a longtime friend of the show. We thought we'd check in with John on, among other things, all that's going on with Chris Mack and John Calipari and UK and UofL. It's a lot of fun. We're back in a minute here on the Big Blue Insider, 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats, 630 WLAP. Ooh, that smell. Can't you smell that smell? Welcome back to the Big Blue Insider. Dick Gabriel, Aaron Gershon, and Billy Rutledge, 280-2287-800-606-4263. Tweet us at Big Blue Insider. One, you will notice that, yes, this is a sports talk show, but uh, they had a knockdown drag out. Last night, uh, talking about the debate, we're not going to waste any time talking about it because, oh, man, that thing was a mess. And it's already been talked about enough, so we're going to keep right on moving. We'll have a debate of our own on this show, but uh, nothing like that last night. Uh, I mentioned the NBA playoffs going in, and they, of course, keep track of such things. They keep track of everything. Who am I kidding? But the top five players by follower growth across Instagram and Twitter – during the conference finals, who do you think is number one, guys? Take a guess. It's not a UK uh, guy. Oh, it's not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the easy uh, – LeBron probably already has the following, but I'll say it because he's LeBron. Oh, it, it is. It is. Oh, well, it I'm is. sorry, Billy. What were you going to say? Uh, Le- LeBron, obviously. Yeah, yeah, it was. But second, Tyler Hero. Third, Jamal Murray. Fourth, Anthony Davis. And fifth was Jimmy Butler. Tyler Hero saw the biggest increase in followers added by 41% among all players. Tyler Hero also ranked second in followers added on Instagram, 
since the NBA restart tip-off on July 30. He had 990,000 Instagram followers as of September 29, the number 1.7 million. He almost doubled it. Uh, LeBron, first in followers added on Instagram, began the NBA restart. 69 million now has 72.6 million as of September 29. Thank you, Steve Moss, for sending that along. Um, that's First of all, LeBron's numbers are insane, but how about that for the Kentucky kids getting some love? And you think Anthony Davis might have already, you know, topped out of what he's got, but he's he's earned a lot of new fans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, absolutely. Tyler Hero's not just scoring on the court, off the court, if you follow him on social media. And, uh, you know, when you go to a city <laughs> like Miami, when somebody's already that confident, I, I think it was a match made in heaven. I, we saw that coming a mile away. I didn't expect him to be this good, though. I mean, he has just played phenomenally, and uh, they've seemed to thrive in this situation in the bubble where maybe possibly veterans and, and guys that are, are more established in the NBA lifestyle uh, maybe don't like it as much. These guys came ready to play. Yeah, and Tyler is going to be the first player in uh, NBA history born in the 2000s yeah. to play in the NBA Finals. So, I mean, younger fans will obviously gravitate toward you that way, and I mean, the way he was playing at the highest stage against the team, you know, with the history of that the Boston Celtics have and uh, 37 points in a playoff game. I, I mean, it, it makes all the sense in the world. And, you know, all these younger fans love the sharpshooters, right? They love the three-point ball. Well, Hero does it as well as anybody. You know, it's funny because uh, for many, many years there were a lot of Celtics fans here in Lexington because uh, Red Auerbach would draft the occasional guy from Kentucky, either from UK or Dave Cowens, who was from Northern Kentucky, although he played his college ball at Florida State. But that has swung now. That changed with the Showtime Lakers. That changed to uh, the Lakers. And so I think there were probably more Laker fans in town. But with the Kentucky players kind of spread around now, I don't know how many people really take a, a devout interest in the uh, in the NBA. But, man, there, there are so many Kentucky players around that you can just choose half the teams in the league. But right now, it's the teams that have the most Kentucky players, the Lakers and the Heat, who are squaring off tonight. And because of that, there is a watch party. They're calling it the La Familia, which is redundant. Uh, the, the La Familia watch party, presented by Coca-Cola, will air live tonight for game one of the finals. And you can be a part of it if you uh, follow UK. It's at Kentucky MBB and UK's at UK Sports Network social media channels on Twitter and Facebook, hosted by Joel Dustus and our own Tom Leach. It begins at 8.50 tonight, so you can be a part of a virtual watch party to take in the NBA Finals involving four Kentucky players and two front office guys who have UK roots. Mark Story's next. Replay or no replay on the Big Blue Insider. You're listening to Big Blue Insider with Dick Gabriel on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. That's a classic, and that was requested by our next guest. That's his walk up song. Mark Story of the Herald Leader, longtime sports columnist, excellent feature writer, and. An L.A. Dodgers fan. We're going to talk, of course, about Mark's latest column. But, Mark, are you 
Have you got the caffeine lined up for tonight? 10:08 start, your beloved Dodgers. I will. Uh, I will be ready uh, for that game, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, last year's playoffs were uh, fairly traumatic huh. for Dodger fans, so I'm hoping for a better outcome in uh, 2020. It's been a long, long time yeah. since 1988. That is so hard to believe that it's been that long since the Dodgers won it all. And now you've got Walker Bueller starting tonight, right? Yep. He, uh, he, he has emerged as the Dodgers postseason ace. And he is, uh, they are throwing him in game one, even though he's been fighting blister problems on a, on a finger, on his throwing hand. Uh, his last start was good. So uh, fingers crossed that he's, a, he's playoff Bueller because playoff Bueller has oh, been really, really good. He really the last has. Couple of years. Yeah, I, one of the things I read was uh, it makes sense because if he does have blister problems and they have to get into the bullpen early, at least the bullpen is in great shape right now. So uh, we will all root for him whether we are Dodger fans or not, right? Everybody should be a Dodger fan in Kentucky. <laughs> all the Dodger, all the Kentucky connections the Dodgers have. I've been, trying, very to, true. I've been trying to get people to see that for, uh, for years now. That is very true, and you and I have talked about that before. But what we need to talk about is your latest column, and this, of course, comes in the wake of Kentucky's controversial loss to Auburn. Controversial because of the Chris Rodriguez touchdown, which, as I mentioned earlier in the show, Mark, I was at the other end of the field waiting to interview Mark Stoops, but uh, I could see from where I was just the body lean of Rodriguez and that, that he was in for the touchdown. And I know TV called it a touchdown, and we all know what happened there. But you were so incensed by the blown replay that you wrote, essentially, if you would summarize for the listeners, what your take is on this. Well, I'll confess up front, I hate instant replay review. To me, it's it's ruining sports. It just freaking kills the pace of games. And the thing that drives me up the wall is what happened in that Kentucky game where you know the, the the TV announcers show the replays, you know, the announcers are like, oh, this clearly this is going to be overturned. There's no question. Then the, then they you know go to, for the call and they, they let it stand. And I, I see that happen all the time. Now some of that may be the announcers not knowing rules all the time, but a lot of the time it just comes down to you know a lot of these calls are, are are judgment calls. They're subjective, and they can either be made in real time subjectively by the official on the field, or they can be made after a delaying the game subjectively by you know officials. You know, I guess in this case in Birmingham, watching on video. And I mean, to me, whatever benefit. And you know, people always say, "Well, don't you want to get the calls right?" Well, sure I do, but you know. As I said, at least once a game, it feels like you know, we, we do the whole delay with the replay, and then the, the call's still wrong. And, you know, if I could be sports dictator, I would just get rid of it. The game's played by people, it's coached by people, and, you know, let's just let the, the people officiate it. Now, I understand that that's probably not real realistic, and I just think as gambling especially becomes more prevalent, yeah. there's probably going to be more replay, not less. But my, my plan would just be, you know, give each coach, and this applies in football, basketball, baseball, across sports, give each coach slash manager two replay reviews. Give two that you can, you know, deploy at the coach's discretion at any point in the game. But once those two have been used, there is no replay. And to me, that would at least cut down on it, and there wouldn't be nearly as much time spent standing around waiting for these calls 
the game would have more flow, and it would become part of the strategy. You know, the coach, you know, he, he should have kept his replay. Yeah. He should have kept his review. But I understand I'm tilting at a windmill here, but I, I just hate these replay reviews. I, I do agree with you on the on the, uh, the the pace of the game issue. There's no question about that. And I guess what you're saying is uh, replay, I, I don't know if you'd like it if they were not screwing it up all the time. And, and I'm sympathetic, uh, probably more so than anybody in the media toward officials because I've done it, my brother's an official, et cetera. But, um, yeah, it, 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 it seems like it's defeating the purpose. You know, if you want to get it right, then get it right. Uh, you know, and and they, I do, and you've also, I think, in your piece, wrote about the fact that it's affected the way the games are being officiated now, aren't, isn't it? Or at least it looks that way. I can't, you know, I you know, I can't prove this, you know, statistically, but just for my personal, I think the officiating is getting worse. I think the officials are more tentative because because they're second guess, and they, to some extent, I think they rely on the replay. Well, the replay will fix it, and. You know, I just I, I think it's made sports worse. I really do. Well, and I really and we've we've been told that officials have been told, for instance, on fumbles or dead balls or things like that, to let it play out. Don't blow the whistle, and then we can clean it up with replay. So, to your point, yeah, it has changed the way the game is being officiated. But then you get back, and, and I know you've alluded to this. Uh, if not downright referred to it, for instance, the NFL game a couple of years ago where the Saints got absolutely robbed on a call that was not eligible for a replay. And then they try to change the replay rule on pass interference, and, and that was horrible. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a tough, it's a tough situation, isn't it? Well, it, it, it obviously has gotten com- complex. And, you know, I think it's actually worse in basketball than football because I yeah. think it has a bigger impact. In football, you know, you're kind of used to delays and stoppages in play in basketball it really to me messes up the pace of the game especially in the last minute or so you'll have this you know great drama playing out and every and then you're stopping to review every call i think about the kentucky lsu game in rep arena that was one on the the tip end which yeah. probably should have been offensive goaltending but you know if you're an lsu fan that's one of the great moments in you know lsu basketball history they've just beat <laughs> Kentucky and Rupp Arena in the game that's going to eventually make them the SEC champions. And instead of this great moment of euphoria, you're sitting around watching the referees, you know, looking at a monitor wearing headsets, deciding what to do. And if you're Kentucky fans, you're sort of cheated out of the, you know, getting to boo them off the court over <laughs> not calling goaltending. Because, again, you're sitting around, you know, watching them review, and it turned out they couldn't even review the call. They were reviewing the yeah. time, yeah. and you know, then the reaction to that was, you know, can, you know I think the, you know, John Calipari's like, well, that's just something that needs to be reviewed. So then you just wind up with more review, and, yeah. and you know, again, I know, you know, this is going against the uh, the, the, the the guys, but I, I just hate replay. <laughs> Mark, you know, one interesting thing I thought you brought up was that it's different for different sports, right? You know, tennis has this high-tech line technology while, you know, everybody's got a little different replay review for their professional sport. Is there any credence to the thought that these professional sports will be hesitant to do your plan and to get rid of replay because the stoppage in play creates so much commercial time and gives money to them? Well, you know, I thought about that, but to me what they're risking is 
as the games become less enjoyable, and you know, I'm sure. No, I don't. I'm not saying that you know Kentucky fans are going to stop watching because of what happened with the replay, or or that fans overall will necessarily stop watching because of the, the way it, this impacts kind of the flow and pace and drama of games. But some might. I mean, you know, sports. You know, we seem to be in a transition period. I'm not sure sports. I'm not sure they can take for granted the the. the the loyalty of the mass audience in our current environment because there are so many entertainment options. So, you know, I, I actually thought about the commercial um, application of the replace um, scenarios, but, but the risk they're running is that people just get so fed up they, they don't watch as often. I mean, the one thing you can do is you can follow games, you know, in ways other than watching them. You know, yeah. I follow tons of games on Twitter, and, you know, I'm not nearly as impacted uh, – by stop, but by bizarre stoppages when I'm following games that way than I am if I've actually committed two hours of my life and, and then I'm I get upset at the end because they keep stopping the game to to look at replays. Mark, Mark, I'll propose this. I know you hate replays. But I'm just curious if they were to put a time on how long they could look at a play in every sport. Say, I don't know, 120 seconds. Would you be for that? Is it the time that's your biggest thing, or you, do you just want to see? You know, the game come down to an official in any sport. Make a, if they make the wrong call, they make the wrong call. I, when I, I don't know. When I go back to it, I just also want to get a two-part question here. If you remember the Galarraga game, the Detroit uh, oh. Indians were a perfect game. Oh. Strip. You, you have replay in that. You know, there's a perfect game. So how about that side of the argument? Yeah, that, that was an egregious example of a missed call that had just had a horrible impact on a guy who was a journeyman at best and, and lost kind of the shining moment of his career to a bad call. And then that's the other side of the argument. I, I guess my argument is bigger picture that by all these replay stoppages, I think the impact it's having indirectly on games and on sports is actually making the overall experience worse. I'm, I would be willing to live with – you know, letting the officials call the game. You know, bad calls have been a part of sports from the beginning. You know, sports was doing fine uh, until before before we had all this replay. I understand that, you know, that's probably not, uh, not the direction things are moving, but that would be my personal view. How do you feel, Mark, about perhaps, and there's talk of this happening, it's happening in independent leagues, what they're calling robot umpires. It would not affect the pace of the game, but allegedly would improve the level of officiating. Yeah, the uh, the, the the strike, the electronic strike zone, yeah. you know, that to me is kind of like tennis with the lines called. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't have a strong objection to that. I mean, I, you know, I, I hate, I hope it's not going to cost people jobs because people are making they're living calling, calling balls and strikes. And I hope it, I hope, you know, it doesn't wind up with people not having that opportunity, but you know, I'm, I'm not against technology enhancing the game. If you can do it in such a way that it's not, you know, making the experience of viewing the game worse. You know, what this also does, I think is underscore the arguments, especially about basketball, probably more in college basketball than anything. And, And ironically enough, college basketball at the highest level, because the best referees are being poached by the NBA. And, of course, there aren't that many, but 
they are. They are taking, you know, they, there are more NBA officials now. There are uh, NBA officials working in the minor league uh, and trying to work their way up and, and being paid very well. Uh, and, and college officials are paid well. That's why, you know, people want to move up and get those big paychecks. But on the other hand, you know, the, the college basketball game is, is so much better athletically now, although I don't know if it's being played at a better level. And if a game's not being played well, it's not going to be officiated well. And people think I'm crazy when I say that, but I have firsthand experience. Uh, I, can't, I think it was the Kentucky-North Carolina game in the Elite Eight a few years ago when both teams were, were stinking it up in the first half, making dumb moves, bad passes, playing poorly, and everybody complained. And that, I think, was the, the game that led to the, uh, the official getting the death threats. But it was not played well, therefore it wasn't officiated well. And it, it's, it's not a chicken-and-egg thing. Uh, people say, well, it wasn't played well because of the refs. Not true. But on the other hand, uh, it was played better in the second half, and it was refereed better in the second half. And that's a, this is a long walk-up, Mark, to a question that, that I have about uh, is, is basketball officiating at the college level getting worse, in your opinion, to the point where even replay is not going to help it? That's an interesting question. I do think it seems like it's getting worse. I think the phenomenon we spoke of earlier and just the terms replay is having on officiating may be part of that. I think what you alluded to in terms of the NBA poaching the best officials may be part of that. You know, there are, you know, ideas that would probably cost more money. You could have more officials and have officials assigned to each end of the floor. Now the risk in that would be they would make more calls and that might slow the game down in a different way. But if you're willing to spend the money, there are ways to address that. Mark, is this easier for you being unbiased when watching these games? Because I, I feel like when the replay is gone and that bad call goes against the team that you're rooting for, it completely ruins the product no matter how long it is, you know? That's possible. I thought about that. But my pers- I'm, my pers- I'm more detached and probably more interested in just seeing a good game than I am invested in outcomes unless it's the Dodgers. Um, but I think the overall experience of sports would be better with far less reliance on replay. And I think my proposal in which the coaches sort of have control, you know, that I think that adds kind of an element of strategy to it and would at least, you know, get rid of some of the, just the, it's what feels to me like constant stoppages where we're just all sitting around watching a guy with headphones at a you know, stare at a screen, or in the case of football, just watching a guy standing with headphones waiting to be told what, yeah. what somebody else saw. I do like your idea a lot. I do believe, though, that, that whatever happens, they need to keep working to clean up the targeting element in the game, and they need to, to work in terms of the officiating on getting that right. I thought there were two horrific calls uh, in that, uh, in the Music City Bowl, the Kentucky lost to uh, Northwestern. Uh, with regard to, uh, weren't there? I know there was one against against Northwestern. It might have been. I'm thinking of the Benny Snell call as well. But I know the Northwestern kid who was tossed. That was a terrible call on yeah, targeting. There, there, that that Kentucky Northwestern Music City Bowl was uh, kind of a textbook in, in bad officiating. And yeah, yeah. The, that, the call you refer to, the targeting on the Northwestern player was a horrible call. Yeah, yeah. And Cash Daniel, I felt like, was a victim of one of those calls. You know, but 
they were calling it by the strict letter of the law per replay. So I know that it's it's fairly new and they're trying to work on it. And I'm all in favor of, of trying to clean up targeting, but it's it's not an easy job. It, it really is, and I get that. But I'm with Mark. I'd say limit it, make it part of strategy, and I think we're all going to be better off for it. And Mark, if if you're ever named Czar of Sports, you'll have my undying my undying support. Yeah, if I'm ever named Czar of Sports, there's going to be a whole lot less replay replay review of officiating calls than there is right now. And we'll have to keep an eye on the Dodgers to see if anything funky is going on with their draft picks and things like that. But I'm not I'm not accusing you of anything. So, uh, but good luck tonight. My Cardinals are up six three after four, and uh, good luck with your Dodgers. Thanks, Dick. Appreciate it. Have a good one, man. I appreciate your time. That's Mark Story, Mark C Story on Twitter, and we urge you to follow him at Kentucky.com. And uh, if you haven't read his column yet. Uh, pull up the Kentucky.com website and just uh, click on the sports and scroll through it, and you will see that his column is well-reasoned, well-written as usual, and he makes a lot of sense. We're back in a minute. 6.30 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 6.30 WLAP. Thanks again to Mark Story for joining us. Coming up in hour number two, John Lewis at WDRB. John is a native of Hyden, Kentucky, which gave us Tim Couch, of course. So I guess prior to Tim being there, maybe John was the most famous product from Hyden, Kentucky. We'll find out about that with John. Also, he's a Seattle Seahawks fan, so he's got to be feeling pretty good about himself. Uh, right now, again, my cards are up 6-3, to three, bottom of the fourth out in San Diego. Reds lost today, one nothing, in 13 innings. Uh, guys, just to pick up on uh, the argument or the, the persuasion that Mark was trying to, to make to, to get rid of or at least really dramatically minimize uh, replays in sports, I keep thinking, I think it's a great idea just because it's not being um, operated very well. And it seems like more and more things are now eligible for replay. They're going in the other direction. But I keep thinking about play. Like I said, like the, you know, the interference call that wasn't made in the Saints game. And Mark brought up the Kentucky LSU game. You know, replay that should be there. Uh, and maybe if a coach had one in his hip pocket, the world would be a different place right now. So I, I just keep thinking of all the games where we have said in the past Man, if only they had replay. You know what I mean, Aaron? I mean, it's uh, it, it's it's done a lot of good. It's done some harm. Sure, and it's perfect. But and I, I respect Mark's opinion, and I agree with the pace of play. But uh, I think the the pros outweigh the cons when it comes to replay. I think at this point, uh, it's a necessary evil to quote Thomas Paine. Wow, wow, Thomas Paine. I mean, how do I follow that? I agree, yeah, though. Yeah, good luck with that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a whole another hour to, to try to top that, and we're coming back with hour number two in just a few. It's the Big Blue Insider, 630 WLAP. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.